If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Okay, we're back. And remember, audience, no assistance, please. Now, for $1 million, Bill, can you answer this question? What would you do if you hear the rhyme and you like it too? Divide it, write it, and recite it, take it home and review it. Because you're feeling subsequently legit, that ain't it. Because the issue at hand is such a stupid And welcome to another episode of the Beats Around the Bush season from Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs, where we are discussing hip-hop hits from the late 80s to the early 90s, or roughly the time that George H.W. Bush was president. These beats are so fresh, they must be discussed, and that's why I am so pleased to be discussing them with my co-host, Sarah D. Bunting. Hello, Sarah. Hello. I am very excited for episode four, which is called 5 by 5 with JVC Force. JVC Force, I, I am obsessed with JVC Force. This is really more of a like mid to late 80s deal when HW was vice president, but, yeah, but we're going to allow it <laughs> because I love JVC Force. Now, uh, we heard their, um, we heard the opening track from their one album, really. Like there was, there was a second album and then some Lost Masters and EPs that came out in like 2013 or something like that. But for, for our purposes, they had the one big album, Doing Damage. And our intro clip was You'll Like It Too. Um, I thought that was appropriate because De La Soul also had this framework of a game show in Three foot, uh, three Feet High and Rising. So um, I opened with that clip. Um, but I think that if they are known by anyone besides me, uh, it is for Strong Island, uh, which I think I first heard um, because it opened the eponymous documentary, Strong Island, by Yance Ford, which you and I talked about yes, on an episode we did. of The Blotter Presents. It is a fantastic, very personal, beautiful documentary about Yance Ford's siblings' death. Um, and I must have heard the song before uh, seeing the documentary, but I, I don't recall. Uh, had you heard any JVC force before I forced you to do this episode? So, uh, wait, going back. So you didn't know this group in the eighties. You discovered their album post watching that documentary. 
I feel like this, I feel like Strong Island scores some other film in which I had seen it prior to Strong Island, the film, but I, I couldn't find it on IMDb. I couldn't find it in my memory palace. So I guess this is when I was introduced to JVC Force. That is wild to me and so cool. And a reminder that Beats Around the Bush is about music from this period, but it is also about the periods in our lives when this music came to us. And it just underscores the fact that a song can be recorded anytime and reach you many years later. You never know. Yeah. Um, And a lot of this episode is about my journey, which was very similar with this entire album doing damage to my journey with uh, us three and Cantaloupe Flip Fantasia and me sitting bolt upright on my futon and being like, holy shit. (laughs) But um, Strong Island was the big hit, I guess. Like, I feel like JVC Force were underground even at the time. They were with B-Boy Records. Um, which was an outfit out of the Bronx, but they were from Central Islip. And that whole story of the black community and the black arts coming out of Central Islip is definitely dug into by Strong Island, the film. But let's hear a clip of Strong Island, the song, because these samples are flawlessly chosen by the mad cutter, Kurt Cazell. Here's a clip. Like a video game, an errorless computer To stop the file is wild and put to keep you Move you and soothe your every emotion Just put your trust in us and have devotion The voices on the set is your magic ocean You're rocking this like a ship that's in motion Other MCs take the gold tone and panic They sink the ship like it was a Titanic Chillin' on to rock the mic right, excelling through the air like the Concord flight. I can chill to the max and hold my place like a kite. But either way, on any day, I'm guaranteed to excite you. Here's a preview of our latest debut. What's coming next? Don't try to answer, cause you ain't got a clue. You could bite, but it's not wise. All I do is sue at your express, me and be a gain a million or two. I chew a you needy, play the corner with bruise, eat the fly, see foods, a restaurant that's new. Roll out the windows in the limo while I'm choosing the dude. Uh that last forward that we heard was be love um the other guys aj rock they have such wonderful complimentary timbres i think um be love has one of the sexiest voices in hip-hop in my opinion (laughs) and also is constantly feeling snacky like there are so many lyrics about not just eating but seafood like there's another one we'll hear later about lobster but like the flyest seafood (laughs) I just remember listening to this and being like, how is there a rhyme with seafood? And they've just been talking about suing people and like, don't bite their lyrics. And then he rhymes bite and excite. And then you, like, he's just, he's so thrilled that he just tucked that you in there because he didn't want it to be an intransitive verb. Like I was just immediately interested and excited by this group with this song. And so tell me, I would love to know more. Like once you heard this song, what was your journey then to getting to the rest of the album? Um, my journey was, I mean, they, you know, I'd like searched it on Apple music and then I was like, all right, well I have Apple music and I can just get the whole album. And if I like this song, I'll probably like the rest of 
the album. Um, but Strong Island doesn't show up on this album until six tracks in. Right. And then, so I was listening to it. And I listened to it a few times and sort of like, you know, was chair dancing and then got distracted by something else. And it went to the next track. And this happened. <laughs> I think there is a like neuro scientific term for what happens in your brain. When something familiar and pattern recce like that Louis Luai break is chopped up that way. Mm. Um, but what happened in my brain is that I almost teared up. I was so excited by what was happening. Wow. That it yeah. was like, I know all these samples. This flow is extremely dense and confident, and they're having a ton of fun, but there is. Like, it's that feeling of, like, if you've ever watched Secretariat running the 1973 Belmont, that you're like, oh, my God, like, this is a legend happening. How did I never hear this before? Why aren't these the most famous hip-hop artists in the world? Like, what is happening? And it was such an exciting moment as a citizen of culture to be like, wow, like, the there's just, I can never get enough of those moments when you're like, oh my God, like you're overcome by how fucking rad something is. <laughs> so that was my journey with this album. We will continue going through it. But if you want to back up to Strong Island to give me your thoughts about that song and the clip we just heard, which was the title track, Doing Damage. Um, I think that it's probably best if I stay in an inquisitive journalistic mode because I don't <laughs> like their music at all. Really? Yeah, I really don't. I, I tried. I listened to all of these songs twice and I didn't like them at all. So I'm actually so interested, though, to hear about your response to them because that's OK. We don't have to like the same things. And your depth of response is very exciting to me. So I think it would be much more compelling, frankly, to just dig more deeply into that because, you know, you don't need to hear me say the same things over and over and over again. Um, but yeah, this music just doesn't do it for me. Is it that it just doesn't do it for me or it's do it for you or it's like actively off-putting? I just don't like it. I think it's actually, unfortunately, actively off-putting. Huh. I find it to be a sonic mess. I find the flows on the songs to be almost unlistenably awkward. I think that the lyrics are pedestrian without being in any way fun or insightful. It just sounds to me like a bunch of people who had the equipment but didn't have the skill. Wow. I know. It's like we could not be more divided in our response to the JVC. That is fascinating. I mean, and I don't think you're incorrect. But I also think that 
I also am not surprised. And I'm really interested in, uh, I don't know, like, I'm not sure this is something that we can sort of um, nail down during this episode, but that the, that these crossroads happen sometimes on this podcast, like, I still feel after almost seven years, like, I'm not totally sure why, like, I'm, I have a predictive ability to sense when it's going to be, but I'm not sure what exactly it is that causes us to take different roads away from or towards a given style of music or a, a, a different group. Anyway, um, I guess I will keep this brief because I, <laughs> I just think uh... they're pretty clever and awesome. And I think that sometimes their desperation to rhyme something with shrimp is charming. <laughs> but <laughs> you you can't win them all. So, well, you know, I, no, um, it's a, but it's important to say I don't think it is um, a failure in the fact that I don't like this music. I hadn't heard it before. I'm not sorry to now know who this group is. And I actually love the fact that there's something in this music that gave you that same us three sit up out of your chair experience, because God knows we've had many episodes on this show where I'm like, this is the greatest thing ever. It's making me cry right now. And you're like, "Mm." (laughs) (laughs) and I'm like handing you a tissue and warmly squeezing your knee about Mary Chapin Carpenter, whoever it is. Like, I also think that this, I'm f- I'm finding as we're going along through this season that you respond more, I think, I could be wrong about this, to a more 90s, New Jack swingier style of hip hop. And I am responding more to an 80s Adidas shell toe. This sounds like it was recorded in a basement because it was. Style. I think that you are absolutely correct. Uh, yes, I am someone who... When Salt and Pepper's music sounds more expensive, get more excited. And it's funny because on the Salt and Pepper episode, you said if it had just been you, you would have never even gotten to the 90s for their music. <laughs> and I feel like that just, it, right, we sit in the divide of the Bush presidency's uh, two decades. Yeah. You know I, mean. I guess we do. Um, well, I was going to play a clip of Take It Away, but now that I know that you want it all to be taken away. <laughs> Listen, I want. I think you should play these clips and talk about them. That is, I really want to tell me more. Tell me more. All right. Well, here's here's how it happened. I heard Strong Island. I heard Doing Damage, and then the next track is Take It Away, and here's a clip. Everybody's up on the hip hop craze, and then the hundred years. think about the JDC days. MCs are cynical, attitude a radical, be loves compatible to no mankind, created in time. If you ask me how I'm feeling, I'll say perfectly fine. What's your favorite record? It's the record we made. I betrayed the role of prince and it's the peasant I slayed. And everything I do, you know I'm making top grades. Results of which? We got them shaking cause they're always afraid. Like a burning bitch, you know I fly that head. I got posse like a monster. I done a lobster and shrimp. Because I cool uh. like a pimp, but my legs don't hurt, so I don't have a limp. Known as the king, referred to as a ruler. When it comes to what we have more, the Ferris Bueller. Still in the show, anytime, any day. Shavy C is in the house. We came to take it away. Nothing? Shrimp and limp? Come on. 
That, I, that's terrible, I will admit. And you can almost hear Kurt Cazell rolling his eyes and being like, guys, stop talking about the fucking seafood tower. Jesus Christ. Well, yeah, I, I mean, again, I'm never mad at a Ferris Bueller reference in a rap song. Right. But I think that for me, interesting. it's interesting to think about this in comparison to Jeff Jeff, whose music we, we talked about two episodes ago. And he's sort of in the same somewhat underground, somewhat more obscure package here and Jeff Jeff's music really got me like there was something about it that I found really um I keep coming back to this word in this season something very effortless about it and so charismatic and yeah I think that for me here the amount of effort uh doesn't ever quite pay off it just feels a little bit earthbound to me but tell me more tell me more about take it away well take it away there's something about this song that sounds like New York in the early to mid 80s to me. Like there is a sound that evokes the physical grittiness, not like that. I miss old 42nd Street when, you know, toothless junkies tried to bite me and my mom when we were going to see the Nutcracker. Like no one actually misses that if they were there. I'm talking about like the physical quality of light in the city in the late 70s, early 80s, mid 80s when I was a kid, just like the sootiness, which I think is still a thing in Manhattan, like soot (laughs) that sort of slowly builds up on your windowsill. And uh, there's something about that that's, um, not that I long for it, but it is such a sort of hallmark of my childhood. And I feel like this is the kind of thing that you would hear coming out of cars as you got off the bus at the Port Authority in like 1987 or 1988. And even though it was very intimidating and scary and dirty in the city at that time, there was that um, familiarity and like the devil that you know about it. Um, And so that sound and the kind of... um, New Yorkiness of it where you can almost smell a trash fire <laughs> is is appealing to me. I don't want to say it's like good or inviting or nostalgic. It's not that exactly. But between these samples and like you look at the cover of this album and they're all wearing like coordinated acid wash Canadian tuxedo styles and it's like this <laughs> sounds like a time I don't necessarily need to go back to it, but that it can evoke that time and place for me so well is amazing. Um, And like I said, I think Be Love's Flow is very sexy. Like it can be choppy and self-conscious, but I think it's also like it it is a it drops these panties. I'll just leave it there. (laughs) You know, I will say that one thing I can say about this music that was very apparent to me is it does feel rooted in New York tri-state area of the eighties. And when I was listening to it, I did think, Oh, Sarah also must feel like her own life is in this sound in one way or another. Not maybe you're like day to day experience, but just the general ethos of the world you grew up in, not ethos, but just 
the general vibe that you were growing up around was this. It was this yeah. plus Bon Jovi is my perception. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. And Springsteen as well. Right. Of course. Um, yeah. And William and, Joel. Uh, <laughs> William Joel, Action Park, all of that. Um, and that th- this, um, that this, these DJs are this committed to rapping about food items. <laughs> I mean, I know, th- I know they all do that. Um, but, uh, <laughs> The, the last clip we have is from a later track on the album called We Got Our Own Thing, which uh, I just thought this beat was amazing. Um, I do feel like a lot of these tracks, in my opinion, are um, do have good sustain. Um, they still feel pretty fresh and not too dated. Some of them feel dated, but not in a bad way to me. Right. Um, but We Got Our Own Thing was... An, was another one where I like sat up and was like, Ooh, and, uh, I was blasting this on the sawmill parkway, um, in my tiny little white smart car, like a real cool, cool person. (laughs) You're cool to me. Oh God. Well, (laughs) thank you. I appreciate that. I'll, I'll take the W. Um, so on the sawmill parkway, I was driving up to see my brother and um there's periodically stoplights so one stoplight like this is blaring out of my car on the neighboring car <laughs> i could feel them looking at me <laughs> and i'm like eh. but i i didn't want to roll up my windows <laughs> i felt like that was worse right you're like that that's admitting wrongdoing somehow <laughs> yeah so something yeah that it's like i you know i'm not ashamed i was i was a little ashamed I could see something happening out of the corner of my eye, but I'm like, I'm not making eye contact. <laughs> so at the next stoplight, the song is still going, and I like sneak a look over to my left to the other lane, and whoever is in the other car is holding their phone out with Shazam <laughs> to see really? what I'm listening to. I like got to my brother's house and was like, can't talk. Gotta update my resume with the fact that someone shazammed my shit yeah. on the sawmill. <laughs> yes, so Force has done nothing else in my life or yours. It's like when someone compliments my shoes, and I'm like, "Can you just say that directly into my phone?" Cool, thank you. <laughs> yeah, the fact that you got shazammed on the road—that yeah. is seriously, I would say. Go ahead and go to bed. Wake up next year. It's not getting better in no, 2022. I, yeah, I agree. I mean, granted, this was a few years ago, but oh, um, is well, that still, still at the at the top of my CV? Yes, it is. Um, and here is what caused this uh, wonderful moment between two nerds in Westchester. We got our own thing. So the purpose of a way making your torso go bigger be like He-Man or Superman, your whole figure saving perils and fear who yell, oh dear, I travel through the streets, not the air, got that clear. Hell yeah. Advertise this on a fire, I'm a cash buyer. When I make a sandwich, Oscar minds with a desire. On the outside, when the bread's what I require. When we do a jam, each other we both aspire. Yo, that was dope. You think so? I think so. It's your turn, you're number two, and won't you give it a go? And get sentimental like I was a greeting card on the shelf. Showing girls beauty while we flash our cash and wealth. The two's romantic, got the girls frantic. JBC's dominating the world, and they's organic. Double dip. Place your bet, rationalize it Triple, quadruple it up and synchronize it Face set, I rock the mic cause I'm funky I made you rock on me a hip-hop junkie Be love is a lover, to love is to be beloved Bringing women affection, moving in one direction Bex and Heineken's is the biz I'm drinking 
in case you were wondering what B love drinks, it's always beer in a green glass bottle. Brand apparently doesn't matter. Bex, Heineken, green glass bottles. Um, also, when he makes a sandwich, the bread goes on the outside. <laughs> and now, you know what mustard he uses? Like, this man thinks a lot about food. I'm into it. My people. Um, I'd like to have a snack right now. Just the, I mean, they rely a lot on, like, spelling and initialisms and stuff like that. And then being like, oh, and, you know, don't steal our stuff. Like, how how can we? Like, there's there's so much spelling. It's like spelling bee. Uh, <laughs> and the delivery of, because I'm funky, like, somehow could not be less funky, but I love, I love it. <laughs> Yeah, so this this is the song that is on my resume, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I mean, the image of you being on the road and someone needing to hear it, and that you started by thinking, should I roll up my window? But then, thank God you didn't, because you were actually giving a gift, not creating a nuisance. I mean, I guess. <laughs> I, ho- I hope these this carload of people, it was like a highlander or something like that got got what they needed but seriously at that first stoplight i really did not want to look over because i just thought it would be an entire carload of people <laughs> giving me that ew face and i was like you know what i don't want i don't want them to ruin it for me so i'm just gonna hope that there are no more red lights and there were but it it turned out okay right what you thought was a negative became in fact a positive. It's true. Um, so yeah, the rest of this album is, there's a lot of like garbage time sort of, um, reprises and, um, plays on the force and like the force is bugging should be a good track. It, it isn't somehow, but, um, yeah, this album changed my life basically and uh so i will always love it for that and while i am sorry that you are um noping this big time i also get it and uh it's sort of part of the continuing journey of this podcast to be like huh yeah that tracks well do you remember years ago when i brought in the song written in the stars by tiny tempa it's still our shortest episode. Yeah, because I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> I love the hard, loud sound of it. Blah, 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 blah. And you were like, I don't like it. <laughs> Mark and Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like one of the things that is always interesting to me is when we get to these very clear forks in the road, because obviously, Written in the Stars, also a rap song, but it's got a certain... I like a certain maximalist thundering quality in almost all of my music. And this era of hip hop, especially as epitomized by a group like JVC force is more in the minimalist area that I feel like you prefer. And those are not hard and fast rules, of course, but I think that on the whole, you're correct. I am drawn more to new Jack swing sounds in this general period, but also in general, I'm just drawn to things that feel loud and insistent and urgent. And uh, this is a complete sidebar, but I really wish Taylor Swift would release a song that has any sort of like beat or passion in it. 
Uh, but we won't get into mm-hmm. all that. I don't have time at this point. But <laughs> I am just generally drawn to that type of loud urgency. And uh, to me, yes, the sort of rinky-dink quality to some of the beats that were being made in this period because no one knew how to make them or had the money to afford to make them in a fancier way is not always for me. And um, But that's okay because sometimes, as we've discussed, sometimes those qualities that are not my first choices uh, still coalesce into a song that I love, Def Jeff being an obvious example. So you just never know. Well, and I think Def Jeff had like both because he had a foot in each side of this. He had a foot in the stuff that I like um, and he had a foot in the stuff that you like. Then we both liked that a lot. Yeah. Um, And that was a little later. This is definitely like culty, like, you know, B-side basement tapes stuff, which I don't always like that but you know it's it's like the the bridgers the bridgers divide maybe um but yeah it's it's always fascinating because the other thing is we're not always right and part of the part of what was that episode eight it was it was really early that episode about written in the stars oh it was yeah it was definitely in the first like 30 yeah that um I think part of my issue with that one is that they had been using it to advertise some um, sporting series that I had been watching. And I was like, you know, in addition to not really caring about this song now, I actually want to throw it in the garbage (laughs) because I've (laughs) heard it 17 times a day for the last month. Um, I'd have to go back and listen to that episode, but we'll link it in the show notes if you listeners want to join us on that journey. But yeah, this might also be a, this also might be a, when we were teenagers split. Oh yeah. I think that's definitely true. I mean, come on. I also can acknowledge from an objective standpoint that a lot of new Jack swing music is not very good, but I was 13 when that music came out. So it's also great. Yeah. And I was 19 and listening to a lot of, I don't even know what I was listening to, Sonic Youth probably and pretending to like it like a, again, real cool, cool person. (laughs) (laughs) The one song of theirs I liked, like they had a video and um, everyone like shat on it because it was too um, pretty. And I was like, but it's listenable. So that's the one I like. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It but, actually um, is pleasant. You know. So a thumbs up from me? I mean, yeah, I'm not uh I'm not gonna try to talk you into anything, but I'm also not gonna try to pretend that I don't like things that I do. And I really like JVC Force. I hope listeners you found something to like. And even if you agree with Mark, maybe you wanna just go back and listen to that other episode and glory in um the the brevity. <laughs> Well, I think that that actually is the reason that this whole podcast has been uh, a joy is that neither one of us has ever once pretended like we liked something that we didn't like or that we didn't (laughs) like something that we did. We've just been like, you know what? This is my shit. I like Travis Tritt sometimes. (laughs) That's another one for me where you were like, uh. (laughs) 
Am, am I being punished for the Tim McGraw episode? <laughs> because oh, you know I what? Got friends Fair. That do Keep not punishing like this song. me. <laughs> You've got no friends now that you made me talk about that song. Oh God! How do well, we get to truly, fucking Tim McGraw? As we were talking about with regard to friends in the Salt and Pepper episode, if we all agreed about everything all the time, how boring would that be? It would just be Mark and Sarah get blandly positive about songs. No. Well, anyway, JVC Force may not be my hottest hit, but you, Sarah, are. <laughs> Thank you so much. And um, by the way, your immediate like, tell me how you came to this. Tell me how you came to this album. <laughs> that was a tell. <laughs> it really I was. I see you. I honor you. And uh, we never have to talk about this again. When you were like, what do you think? And I'm like, tell me more about what you think. <laughs> I asked you first. <laughs> Amazing. Um, we're always asking you, listeners, uh, <laughs> we want you to participate in this process and tell us what you think. We're at Talk Songs on Twitter. And patreon.com slash mastass for extra content and even more discussions and polling. Uh, this season is going to be partly determined by shit you guys like. So get over there, become a Patreon, and uh, tell us what you think we should talk about. Tell us more about what you like. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah Talk About Songs is hosted by Mark Blankenship, that's me, and Sarah D. Bunting. That's me. I also edit the podcast, which is a proud member of the Believe Network. Learn more at BLEAV.com. To learn more about us, submit song requests, get a pop chart reading, or buy a Mastis book, visit our website at MarkAndSarahTalkAboutSongs.com. You'll also find all of our social media links there, too. That's Mark and Sarah with an H, TalkAboutSongs.com. And for even more content and access to the Mastass Happy Hour, become a Patreon supporter at patreon.com slash Mastass. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.